0: Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This is a chance for local people or people with a local connection to sit down and talk about what is going on with them in the fishers community. This is a part of my local Fishers, Indiana news blog that began in January of 2012. I started these podcasts in 2016 and have been going ever since. Now, here's the latest edition of the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at the Hamilton East Library in downtown Fishers, and it's been several weeks, but I want to thank the people who do the scheduling for Noblesville Mayor Chris Jensen and Fishers Mayor Scott Fadness, because you are both very, very busy men, and your schedulers found a time where both of you could join me. So Chris Jensen, Mayor of Noblesville, welcome uh, for the first time to one of my podcasts. Glad to be
1: with you. I think we had to reschedule this once on my accord, so I apologize. So oh, you're, like glad I said, to you're, be with you.
0: You're busy, man. Yeah. And
2: Mayor Fadness, welcome again. Yeah, I'm just glad to have Chris and Fishers today. It's always great <laughs> when Mayor of Noblesville can come down here and enjoy and Fishers. And I didn't get a speeding ticket today. You didn't? Get, no, it's good. I'm that glad was three that. years ago. That's not our story.
1: I didn't know that. Well, I shouldn't have probably just told you that. That's all right. I'm a pretty open book. <laughs> yeah.
0: so. Well, of course, so the mayor of Madness is going to have a state of the city address yeah. in your city. Yes, he
1: is. Yes, yeah. we, we were deciding whether we open the gates for him or not. So. You're
0: not going to be there, are you? Mm, we'll find out, Scott. All right. This all started when <laughs> State Road 37 had their ribbon cutting, and I had no idea which... You know, car I was going to end up in, and lo and behold, I end up in one well, of the lead yeah. cars with these two mayors, the Yeah, put a video yep. together, and people, I mean, you wouldn't believe how people love watching, <laughs> listening to the two of you go back and forth, so I had to put a podcast together.
1: Sure, no, we're excited about it.
0: And it's, it's good to have you here. Uh, Mayor Jensen, I want to just uh, start with you, you know, you've already announced your intention uh, to run for a second term you're a young man with a young family and I know being mayor can can be tough on a family sure. life and just personal life explain what factored into your decision to run for a second term
1: well as one of those you know I've learned early on that government doesn't move that quickly and but we have some major projects underway and I do have four small kids at home that's really what drove me to run in the very first place was to make sure that we built a city that you know attracts them someday back home to Indiana and, and to Noblesville so my wife and I had a conversation this summer whether we wanted to re-up and do this again and felt like we had great momentum in noblesville um exciting projects in the pipeline that are well underway and uh, so it made perfect sense to throw our name out there and we'll ask the voters to be rehired
0: next uh, may in the primary then november beyond that that's right that's to 2023 next we've just finished our latest uh, cycle of elections mayor fadness uh if i understand correctly I do not believe you have made an announcement yet either way. And whether you will seek another term, uh, when do you think we'll know the answer to that? Oh, I would say in a few weeks.
2: Uh, certainly get around to that conversation and uh, hope to have that discussion with the public
0: uh, here in the next few weeks. And you have a young, young family as well. You've got Yeah, three. I don't have
2: as many as Chris. I only, <laughs> I only have
0: uh, week. three week you got one kids. more to go, man. <laughs> no, I'm Come on. on. No,
2: seven, four, and two. What are your ages, Chris?
1: Eleven, seven, six, and... Uh, 20 months. Wow. So, yes. Right mean, but, you're, but you know, uh, I will say once you have three, four is honestly not that much different. No. I I'm the oldest is. of six. Chris. Yeah. So. See, so you know how it is. I it's how it's raised is. by the herd. It's fine.
0: Uh, Mayor Jensen, uh, you have already delivered your state of the city address. I was unable to attend, but I, I do understand that mental health was a central theme of, sure. of that speech. Uh, you have your own mental health podcast, so podcasting is old hat to yeah. you. Um, yeah. Explain why is mental health a priority for you?
1: Well, first I can't really talk too much about mental health without giving kudos to the Manson in my left because really Mayor Fatness led the way when it came to local leaders talking about mental health. He really spearheaded that what probably five or six years ago, launching the Fisher's. Uh, Sigma Free Fishers Coalition. So we've really been following his lead in, in the community of Fishers talking about it. We knew that it was a huge priority for the entire community when we ran three years ago. COVID certainly exacerbated any conversation around mental health. Um, and then we jumped on Facebook back in April of 2020 and decided to do a live podcast with uh, Kristen Boyce, who's a licensed mental health therapist in Noblesville. Actually, she's married to Mark Boyce, who's on our city council. And that's become a bi weekly conversation. And I can't tell you how many people stop me on a, on a weekly basis thanking me for taking time to talk about mental health and having these open, honest conversations. It's it's made that conversation a more secure and comfortable conversation in Noblesville.
2: Well, I think, it, you know, Larry, I think it's great. We're very passionate about it in Fishers, but what's been fun to see what Chris is doing is every community is different. Uh, every community's challenges around mental health are, can be slightly different, and the solutions can be different. And so... To watch Chris take mental health collectively as an issue on, but then apply his own innovation and creativity on how they're gonna solve it or how they're gonna bring down the stigma. I think it's fun to watch a lot. You know, a lot of times you start an initiative and then other communities are like, well, just give me the playbook, we'll go do the same thing. And it doesn't necessarily fit exactly for their community. And so, you know, what Chris is doing in Noblesville is probably the right unique solution for Noblesville. We're both working on mental health. But it
0: does manifest itself slightly different in each community, and we all have different skill sets. That was the first initiative you took on as a new mayor. I remember that very yeah. well. Yeah. And you even talked about it before you uh, actually were. Uh, take, you took the oath. So uh, You have a State of the City address coming up just a couple of days yeah. after we record this. I know you don't want to give too much away. Can you give us a preview or maybe some ideas of what you're uh, thinking yeah it's um as
2: you started it yeah not really (laughs) Uh, i was gonna say (laughs) ashley all our communications director dreads this time of year um my my process for state of the city is a bit unusual um i've never had a written state of the city and um and so i try to kind of think about themes uh, more than anything and so um and i don't know about you chris but i i put probably too much pressure on myself for state of the city in the sense of like, I I don't want to waste people's time. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're showing up to hear me speak, that means a lot to me. And so I really want to leave people with something. And it's been that way ever since the first one I've ever done. Um, And so it takes me a while to kind of land on, you know, what are the themes I want you to take out of this? And I don't want to bore you in a world today where people literally, if they're not on their phone every three minutes, you know, that's a win. Um and so, you know, I got it two days from now we're we're working on the kind of graphics and uh hope to have more uh soon. But I will tell you it's not gonna be like some revelation of another big announcement or anything like that. It's it's not that type of state of the city.
0: So, Chris, how do you approach state of the city? It is a, a time when the what media that's sure. around is there, uh, leaders are there, the public's there. Do you feel the same pressure? Yeah,
1: you know, I've never written mine either. I usually take a note card up with a few key statistics just so I'm not fumbling over if I'm trying to come up with a number. But normally it is, to Scott's point, very much thematic and kind of, you know, the first couple years we did it, there were a lot of new announcements in the pipeline um, that were kind of teed up and ready to go. a lot of that just is timing, whether there, there are announcements there or we, some Sometimes you have to make announcements this summer, which are great announcements, but you can't hold them until the state of the city. You want to let them go. So this year, actually, we focused on kind of a three-year look back, um, kind of a promises-made, promises-kept idea to show that, you know, what we said in February of 2020, this is what this looks like today. This is the revitalization that we've talked about. So, um, and, and to Scott's point, too, it's not so much what, what we say in the room there. It's what are people leaving with. You know, people will go and tell the story of Fishers or the, or the tell the story of Noblesville to their friends and their neighbors neighbors and their colleagues. And that's what we want them to leave that room and go out and multiply that message. So what are we tasking them as they walk out the door?
0: You mentioned big announcements and you just had a recent big announcement, big road project yeah. that, uh, that you're kicking off. And, and I think that these road projects are involved with are also tied into how you try to economically develop develop your respective communities. So talk about how infrastructure, the road project, Pleasant Street, I think is the one you just announced, and there are others. The mayor has them as well. But how does that tie into how you are trying to grow the economy and the employment in your Community of Noblesville. Well,
1: you know, they say Indiana is the crossroads of America. Then Hamilton County really should be the crossroads of Indiana. Noblesville is slightly unique in the fact that we have the White River flowing through our downtown. Fisher certainly has the asset of the White River on their west side of the community. Ours is right in the heart of downtown, which is an incredible asset. But it has been an impediment to east to west traffic in Noblesville. So what we did yesterday is actually break ground on a 38 year project that we've been talking about over more than I've been alive um, An east to west corridor, a 125 million dollar corridor to extend a new bridge over the White River and just to add some capacity going east to west in our community. In fact, David Highway, the county historian, who you probably know, yes. found some articles back from 1904 where they were talking about another bridge over the White River. So uh, whether how you look at it, either 38 years or 118 years, but you know road projects are just key to to bringing people to a community um you know we know now that that jobs are following people people are not following jobs so we've got to make these and and help create these communities that are easily accessible that have great quality of life life initiatives that it's easy to not only get to work on a daily basis but to get to soccer practice and basketball practice in the evening and we know infrastructure is a key way to invest in that going forward
0: You know, Mayor Fadden, you've had quite a year in economic development. We've got, I can't even list them all, the expanded Fishers District, a new event center, which you could call an arena, which will seat 6,500 to 8,500 people depending on the type of event. You have the Andretti Motorsports headquarters coming into the airport, and and you have all these life sciences companies, some from from Europe who are locating in Fishers. So when you look back on this year, you must think, my goodness! How did how did this all come together? Well, I won't say at one time, but certainly in one year. Yeah. Um, well, before I get to that, I, w- I do want to
2: touch back on Chris's road project okay. because uh, it's a phenomenon in Hamilton County that I've realized. North south traffic in Hamilton County is relatively easy. You can get to downtown Indianapolis from anywhere in Hamilton County relatively quickly, whether you're taking 31, whether you're taking Keystone, whether you're taking 37, whether you're taking 69. The planners of Hamilton County, if you wanna go back to 1930 or 1950 or even 1980, really did us an injustice when they they spaced the east-west corridor so far apart. So you have 96th Street, then you have 116th, and then you shoot up to 146th, and then the next East-West Corridor is right in the downtown piece of Noblesville, for the amount of traffic that's trying to go east and west in Hamilton County, that's not a significant amount of road infrastructure to meet that. And we've had discussions for a long time about, do we need another East-West Corridor even in Fishers to Carmel? And so what Chris you know, is taking head on is a problem that literally probably should have been solved 75 years ago when we were laying it all out. But to be fair to those people, they probably had no concept Mm. of the, and then the way things developed, if you think about it, like the 31 corridor and all of the commercial development along there has driven a lot of that east-west pressure because a lot of people live in Noblesville or Fishers and they drive over to 31 for work and that just causes, you know, problems. And so having to, it's always more expensive and more difficult to hit the rewind button and try to fix those problems. Um, but, but they especially need to be fixed.
1: As, as, we, as we've invested so much in our communities that they've developed so quickly to try to put any type of new roadway yeah. in a community. That's what with Pleasant Streets, really going through our urban core. We had to acquire somewhere north of you know 80 properties or so for this phase one. Um, now, luckily, a, a vast majority of those were rental properties and, and had quite a bit of runway when it came to relocation. But those are still emotional conversations. Those are homes and businesses that we, have to, that we need to work to relocate that. And we have to approach that with some empathy empathy, and compassion. and Those are very difficult conversations.
0: Well, Noblesville is different. Fisher's really developed, you know, in the 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, 90s. Noblesville goes back a long yeah. way, as David Highway was telling yeah. you. And uh, when you develop your downtown, you have a lot of sensibilities that you have to deal with. And I'm sure, no matter how much you develop, there will always be somebody who will be Criticizing it because you have an historic courthouse yeah. down there. You still have a few county offices there, but you mostly have them what is it, what is across you like the street. The,
2: the backhanded comment to us about you say uh, it costs a lot of money for these other communities to create a downtown that looks like Noblesville. So I was like to that? say that
1: we're cr- trying to emulate Fishers and Carmel. I said those actually communities are trying to emulate what Noblesville mm-hmm. has these actually. historic these these core downtowns because we do have the original historic downtown, and I think that cuts both ways. And the fact mm-hmm. that not only is it an incredible asset. But if we go to develop, say, a vacant parking lot, which really shouldn't stay a vacant parking lot, there's a lot of opinions because at one point in time, that vacant parking lot could have been the home of the original opera house in downtown, for Mm -hmm. example. Just uh, just an example there. So there's always just a lot more sensitivity when you go to develop uh, develop a downtown core. But and it is a total backhand compliment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: clear. But Noblesville, not just the downtown, you are expanding in different ways, and, yep. uh, and you went before the HSC school board to tell them that that's the first time we met, in yep. fact, was yes. when- uh, I remember it well. And uh, you were telling the school board, look out, I, I'm developing into Wayne Township. That's the next direction of your development, and, and can you just give people a thumbnail sketch of what the plans are now? Yeah, so
1: obviously, Noblesville has juris, uh, planning jurisdiction over Wayne Township on the far east side of Fishers there. For a long time, there was a sewer agreement in place that really was- wasn't feasible and for us to work with a private utility to flush toilets on the east side of Bowdoin Road. About six months ago that agreement got redrawn up and now we're ready to move forward with the development in Wayne Township. Uh, several years ago even before we took office we did a comprehensive master plan involving Wayne Township so we could lay out kind of our vision for residential, for commercial, for retail corridors in, in Wayne Township. Um, so I, I think you're going to see some Incredible growth up and down the Bowdoin Road corridor, the Olio Road corridor. Um, now that's an interesting part of our city because... It is City of Noblesville jurisdiction. It does have different school jurisdiction uh, that we've talked about several times. But growth is coming there on the far east side of Noblesville. But we want to make sure that we do it correctly from day one and and have the infrastructure in place to support it.
0: I want to talk about development economically in another way. And I'll ask Mayor Fadness to start this, and I'll ask you both to comment. When you are trying to lure companies there or you're trying to find uh, an economic development Mm -hmm. project, do you consider yourself competitors or do you work together and try not to compete with each other? No, I other? mean,
2: I get this question all the time when we talk about regionalism and I have a simple thought process about this, but others may have a different philosophy on it. I think there are times we should collaborate and there are times we're going to naturally compete. I don't get upset about that. So um, let's say for instance, I think Chris and I should work together along with the rest of central Indiana to tell our story to the world and do it effectively you know, and I believe wholeheartedly that we want people to know that Indianapolis is a great market to bring your company to. Now, once we do that effectively collaborating and that lead comes in at that point, I think we should all put our best foot forward, whether Chris is putting his proposal forward to that company or I am or Carmel, and then they're going to land where they're going to land. And like people, people don't always understand either. It's, sometimes about competing against each other and like incentives but in reality a lot of times what it really is is real estate they they just like a particular building more than they like another one it's located in a different location than the other most of us are incentivizing these projects relatively the same it just really comes down to Where's the real estate and does it make sense for them? I've lost deals um, to Noblesville before where they just liked the real estate better. I've lost deals to Westfield. Same thing. It was closer to Kokomo and they wanted to be near that. That's not something... I, I can lose sleep about because that's just the nature of the deal. The next one that comes along, they might want to be closer to Indianapolis, and they'll end up in Fishers. I don't know, but I, I think it's important to know when you should collaborate, and then when it's okay to compete against each other. Chris Jensen, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I would agree with that assessment. I think um, you know more and more as Hamilton County is becoming a incredibly desirable place for companies, not only around Indiana, but really national and international companies to land. They're looking at Central Indiana. They're looking at Hamilton County. So that does naturally pit some of us to, against each other at times. And that's not really... I think iron sharpens iron here. I think Scott's exactly, exactly right. Um, you know, we have competed, especially this past year, I would say, Fishers and Nobles have competed multiple on, times. Multiple times some of the projects you listed... That he's going to talk about this week, uh, we were right in the hunt with as well, um, and they were. But they made us better. If we, if we didn't win them, we were better because of that conversation. And if we won them, I would imagine Fisher's was able to to sharpen their their pencil or or come up with different strategies for it as well. But to Scott's point. Um, a lot of these things are, are made on uh, – decisions are made on bases that we can't even control with our community. We, we have limited options in our toolbox. We're, we're trying to be as creative as possible, but we really do have limited options, thanks to our, so oftentimes to our friends now at the State House, on ways that we can ad- allure companies to our communities. So we have to double down invest in our communities, make sure they're desirable communities, and then the chips will fall from there. But, again, we're mostly competing regionally around the entire country, not with each other.
0: Would you like to add more tools in the toolbox from the General Assembly to, to lure companies here?
1: Absolutely. I'm never going to turn that down. Um, you know, I think locals know best how to um, develop their community we know what is is needed to get companies and jobs here we live it every single day Us mayors county council members are the ones boots on the ground every single day understanding what companies need what our workforce needs what our residents needs are and so i'm i'm always open and interested in having more tools in the toolbox
0: and uh, mayor fadness you spent some time at the state house uh so how do you do you think that the legislators are listening to the mayors and the local governments as far as giving you the tools you need to develop economically?
2: No. Uh not necessarily. I think we're still living off kind of an antiquated approach to economic development. It's a one-size-fits-all approach too, which is kind of difficult because for Chris and I, we might be trying to attract particular industries or Carmel that are very different than, say, Ligoti, Indiana might be, or Elkhart, Indiana might be. But the tools that we're given are one size fits all. Here, here are the tools that you're allowed to use. Um, and so I think if given the opportunity, what, what we would probably want more than more tools is the flexibility to come up with new ideas. You know, give us some creative license to go do these things, and then maybe we come up with a new idea that could be adopted by others. Um, that that probably a little more room to get creative because we really should be viewed as like laboratories of innovation. Allow us to try some things, and if they work, then we can you know
0: encapsulate that in the rest of the state of Indiana. Going to have to tell my mom that you mentioned my parents' hometown of Lagoti in this. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know I Lagoti. Well, it's yeah. a great town, a and great I time. spent a lot of time there visiting. I yeah. never lived mm-hmm. there. I want to ask another aspect of economic development. If you don't want to comment on it, I, I respect it. But I hear a lot about this issue from people uh, around the state who are looking at economic development. To what extent, if any, do social issues impact these companies that are thinking about coming to Indiana? You know, we went several mm-hmm. years ago through the RIFRA issue I know Mayor Fadness was there uh, at the forefront of that. I don't think you were in elective office at that time. Mm -hmm. But even, let's say, an issue like abortion, which is very controversial. Um, Mayor Jensen, do you think that has much of an impact on your ability to lure a company here? Does it have no impact at all?
1: I wouldn't say it has no impact at all. I think it certainly depends on the type of company that we're luring. I mean, every company we meet with is different than the company before. Um, now, certainly a company that has more of a nationwide footprint, and maybe a West Coast company looking at central Indiana, those social issues are going to certainly play into that conversation um, where more of an organic local company or a Midwestern company, that may not play into there. Um, I think where it does come into play is just a statewide image on, um, you know, and I think that's where you're going to have more of an impact on drawing folks to Indiana, not necessarily when they get to Indiana or decide on the Midwest, deciding on Hamilton County.
0: And uh, Mayor Fadness, you were very involved in the RIFRA controversy, got that law changed in the end, uh, you and many others involved in that. Do you find social issues impacting your efforts to develop economically in Fishers? I would say businesses
2: will always make the decision that's probably best for their bottom line. No matter what kind of noise they make, they're going to make the decision that's best for their bottom line. It's kind of their fiduciary responsibility. I found very few that are willing to fall on the sword of any particular issue other than making as much money as they can. That being said, in a world where human capital is the most precious asset for any company moving forward, where I do think these things can be difficult for us long-term, is when we're trying to recruit and retain young, talented people in our state. Um, that is That, I believe, is probably our biggest challenge. The businesses are gonna go where the talented people are. It's how do, we, how do we keep that 22-year-old interested in Indiana, or how do we get a, a kid that grew up in Colorado and get them to move to Indiana, right? Like that that part, I think that perception that Chris mentioned about kind of we collectively as a state, socially and culturally, where do we stand, has more of an impact on the human capital piece than it does on whether a company moves here or not. But they're related.
0: You know, Mayor Jensen, there's a lot of data showing that, you know, people in Indiana go to IU, produce some of the other great institutions, Notre Dame, you name a long list of, of uh you know, educational opportunities in the state, and a large number of these people do not stay in Indiana. How do we change that? I think it's one of
1: our state's biggest threats we have facing us right now. And I think I think there is attention to that from the state level. Um, we have to grow our state's population. We have to grow our city's population because that is what is going to buoy the jobs of the future. Um, certainly, automation is is something that all businesses are looking at, but there's still a strong wor- workforce need here in Indiana. And quite frankly, we simply don't have an ocean, we don't have a, a mountain range, we have to get creative and I think that's to Scott's point where these issues do seep into the conversation is when we are trying to attract and keep, not just attract keep young talent in the state of Indiana, that has to be a laser light focus from our state level executives.
2: And I think Larry um, I was thinking about this while I, we were waiting for this to get started today, you know Chris and I are probably, we're just maybe a half generation behind a lot of the republican party that we know today the personalities and profiles of the republican party that we know of in indiana today you know i met chris i couldn't remember as i was walking in here i can't remember when we actually met but it was well before he was uh mm-hmm. Involved in city government, but he was around politics probably before I was ever involved around we politics.
1: Hitman Barn in Carmel, Indiana. That's right. Yes, yep. and a long time I ago. who they met was four. Right. I remember standing there chatting with you.
2: But so I think why Chris and I get along well is just we probably come from the same generation and have a lot of the same kind of thought processes or uh, philosophies around the Republican Party. And that party's been, you know, through a lot uh, in the mm. last seven or eight years. And so seven, eight days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so for he and I, you know, we're trying to navigate that that here in Indiana. And uh, and what's fortunate about being a, a mayor, what I love so much about this role is uh, it's very pragmatic. You know, Chris and I's role really is about competency at the end of the day. You, did you fill the pothole or did you not fill the pothole? And that that's an enviable place to be in a world that's very tumultuous in the political environment today.
0: And, you know, Mayor Jensen, that is so true. I've heard this from other people. You can go to Congress and you can pontificate on the floor. <laughs> yeah. But when you're a mayor or a county commissioner or you name it, uh, you have to get something done. Yes. You have to get the road done. You have to develop economically. You're being judged on how you... Actually, solve specific problems, and, and we get uh, so, so we get ahead. so
1: frustrated. I mean, you know, Scott and I have this conversation where you know you turn on whatever news station you want to watch, pick it, and ex-congresspersons they are just reaming on whatever they want to talk about, and 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 that unfortunately then bleeds down to what we have. You know, we get asked these questions all the time, where like Scott said, at the end of the day, I'm trying to keep a community safe, grow the economic base, keep your taxes low. And build roads and create jobs along the way. That's what I'm doing every single day when the alarm goes off. I don't have time to go on a talking head show and just go off on whatever topic I want
0: with zero accountability for what I say. I think it's it's said a lot to me when Ron DeSantis is the you know the, the governor of Florida and Joe Biden, the president of the United States, are about as far apart politically as you can mm-hmm. imagine a hurricane hits and they're working together they're meeting right. together they have a job they're solving to do. Them. they right. have a job to do right. when you have a job to do things change that's what adults do yes exactly right that's what adults do the way of putting it to- Talked about mayors and uh, you represent two of the four largest cities in Hamilton County Westfield and Carmel though um, the current mayors are, are not running for re-election. we are getting some seniority. This you're going to have you get an old some man on the block. You, you two are you young men. Well, you head have of seniority is catching is. up with his duty here finally. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay, let me ask it this way. Uh, how will or will it change the dynamic politically and, in, and government-wise as to how all the cities uh, work together because you don't know who the new mayors will be.
2: I would say I simply hope it doesn't. Um, you know, for as long as I've been here, there's always this kind of running joke about uh, the fight between Fishers and Carmel, or or you know Noblesville and Fishers, or what have you. But in reality, I don't think people realize genuinely how all the mayors got along. I mean, Jim Rayner and I we we've gotten along over the years just fine. If I he's called me in a time of need, and I've called him before, and it's been that way forever. As long as I've been around, it's been that way. and, um, and so I hope that with whoever these new folks are that they adopt that same philosophy that, you know, look, we we want to get along. You know, we, we have these dinners where we meet, and uh, they've been great. We can vent our frustrations at one another if we need to or joke about the current state of affairs, whatever it might be. But, you know, I really hope. Whoever gets in those offices, they realize how important it is to be a good neighbor.
0: Well, I only received one uh, phone call from Jim Brainerd. It was not to cooperate. So <laughs> he was unhappy about something I'd written. Oh, we oh, got now. we got settled. You that's know, right. we, we settled it all in yeah. the yeah. end. At least he called you. Yeah. Yes he did. Yeah, he no, then,
1: I give credit for people who will call. Uh, yeah, that's fair.
0: And uh, one thing I noticed is that he had a special—I um, don't know what he did. This was a few years ago with his cell phone. I couldn't see the phone number. He didn't want me to know his number. <laughs> that's, but, not uh, right. that's, that's okay. Not right. I mean, I, he didn't want me calling him back uh, at his at his cell phone number, which is all right. Well, we you know—what's funny though, Larry, is we're all very different. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we
2: not only are our communities very different, each one of us personality-wise are like Chris and I. We're not alike. Mm-mm. I mean, Chris is much better at relationships and, and people than I am, and this I'm more of i I'm a policy, policy geek, wonk. right? You yeah. know, and then and then Brainerd is just on a whole nother. Yeah. You know, he and I stylistically couldn't be further mm-hmm. from one another. And Andy's kind of that kind of old grumpy uncle. Yeah.
1: You kind of <laughs> put us all together that we're one, half, one decent human being.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're just two of you together. Yeah, it, it to takes a village. To take put it all together. You can get a right. person. So, so now the rumor is going to be that we're going to have, a you know, Noblesville and Fishers are going to be one town. That's right. So right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody right. actually asked me yeah.
1: yesterday. They heard, I live on uh, the Westfield board. I'm in the far west side of Noblesville and I actually heard my neighborhood was going to get annexed oh, into Westfield. I'm like, I just don't even know how that would happen. I mean, they were dead serious last weekend. That's church.
0: That's Facebook, right? Yeah, That is, I know all about Facebook and yes. Twitter and, yeah, and yeah, whatever, worst, yeah. whatever else there is. Uh, I'm going to bring up school board yeah. elections because they've been held in Noblesville and they've been held at HSE. The and uh, Fishers is entirely. I mean, all of Fishers is in the HSE school system, and, it, it, and there's much more geographically covered there. Um, uh, in your Noblesville district, uh, Mayor Jensen, any thoughts on on the school board election results?
1: You know, I, I'm excited. Noblesville. I'm a product of Noblesville Schools. I was president of the class 2002 of Noblesville Schools. I have a wife who teaches for Noblesville Schools. and I have four kids and three nephews that are, attend Noblesville Schools. Um, I will always be a Miller and and, and uh, not shy about that. You know, I came out and did get involved in two school in, in the school board races um, because I felt like we had needed to have a continuation of steady leadership. Um, and I know not everyone agreed with that. Um, I was pleased with the way the results came in on Tuesday. Um, I think Joe Forgey, who was reelected, has been a longtime member of the community. His late wife, 15 years ago, served on the school board uh, before passing away of cancer, and then he took the mantle to run as well. Uh, Misty Ray, who I've known for a while, will be a, although I didn't support her in that race openly, I think it will be a great, a great addition to the school board. So um, I stand ready, and <coughs> I told Misty the very next day, I stand ready to help out in whatever way I can to move the city of Noblesville and Noblesville schools forward.
0: And Mayor Fadness, there'll, there'll be some rather big changes on the HSE school board. Any any thoughts on the school board election? Well, I think our
2: schools, probably more so than any other school system in Indiana, with maybe the exception of Carmel, uh, have been through a lot. Uh, it's been kind of the cultural flashpoint in our community. It's been very polarized, polarized, excuse me, um, very emotional. And, uh, we do have a turnover, a significant turnover in our election, it is my sincere hope that the four that are coming in can establish stability and then really develop an ambitious plan, a vision for where we're going to go with our educational system, and that they do it in such a way that they bring people together and that we don't tear our community any further apart. And so, you know, I look forward to working with all of them. Um, We've had unique partnerships. I think we can do more together. Um, so you know the, the the first year will be very telling and i'm looking forward to working with them to kind of set the tone correct for how we want to see our schools operate moving forward
0: you No, know, mayor jensen uh, you, your city's worked with and, and tried to deal with the COVID pandemic that was a tough situation for everybody in government business and really all along the line but don't you think schools have particularly, have had a difficult time dealing with COVID and its aftermath.
1: Well, I think anytime you have a a in, in HSE's example, a, a system or a company of twenty thousand people, where mm-hmm. um, Noble's eleven thousand people, that's a ch- huge challenge. And you have and they're and they're miners who so really then have parents on top of that help making those decisions. So it's a complex conversation. Um, and and I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think they, they did you know, try to follow <clears throat> the guidelines correctly. Um, but I think that also gave parents a very close front row seat to what's going on in, in our classrooms and in education in our, in our schools. And I think that's what's caused this conversation to really fire up over the last several years um, is the COVID experience and then also e-learning when you're sitting at home working through with your kids um, you have a front row seat to the education that they're getting, and you're going to have opinions on both sides of what you're hearing.
0: You know, Mayor, I know that there was one instance where the schools decided to go virtual, and you said you were you basically were publicly saying that's, that's not a good idea. And I'll say the current superintendent has made it clear she was going to do everything she could to keep the students in a classroom, put masks or whatever they have yeah. to do on them. And uh, the, the data I have seen, and, and you're welcome to comment on that, but the data I have seen is that having those students in the school is the absolute best thing for them if it can be done without endangering their health. So I know you have been very aggressive in dealing with COVID in the city right. of Fishers. You were set up the health department right. for your city and, and so forth. Um, how do you think Fishers, as far as education and your, and the city as a whole, has emerged from the COVID pandemic?
2: well I, I one of my frustrations was that the schools we we kind of set a standard to say, "Hey, if you go do these things, you can remain open." And I think instead of trying to accomplish those, we said, "You know what? we'll wait and see what other schools do during the whole." COVID process. And if they're successful, then maybe we'll open up. And I think that was instead of leading from the forefront, we just kind of took a back seat And that really set the wheels in motion of a lot of consternation in our community, a lot of hardships. In regard to the specific instance that you're referring to, if you remember right, the schools literally notified families on a Tuesday that starting Thursday, they were going to be close. That's right. And I just thought, I don't know, you know, for dual income families, To not give them more than forty-eight hours notice to figure out what they're going to do with childcare is just very, very difficult. And so I I, I just grew frustrated with the kind of lack of planning and lack of infrastructure, so to speak. But um, you know, I I really think our community—and I I say this in all um, humility—probably has the most genuine kind of reflection and and, uh, healing. That needs to be done more so than most communities in Indiana. I think Fishers really, when you look at the cultural flashpoint in our schools, I mean, I remember times Chris coming up to me going, man, what's going on? You know, what's going on in Fishers? I think Fishers was, and I think part of that is we're we're uh, we're a city that's diversifying. We're a, a global city these days. You have people coming from all around the world that are living here. So I just, I think we were the perfect recipe for kind of a, a powder keg and it blew and and I think those relationships have been damaged mm-hmm. and so we've got our work cut out for us moving forward
0: you know mayor Fadness mayor Jensen uh, just kind of touched on this, but I moved to Fishers in 1991, mm-hmm. and Noblesville and Fishers The Your original are, settler. Very pretty close. 10,000 <laughs> yeah, and 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 <laughs> yeah. 10, people <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Fishers. Sure. No, so sure. Fishers, I did not know him. Yeah. But uh, Noblesville has a longer history, sure. obviously, and and Fishers was a very sleepy farm town for a long time. But both cities are uh, experiencing much more diversity. I mean, it's a different place. How do you think Noblesville has been able to handle these changes?
1: I think uh, changes in terms of just growth diversity, diversity? Oh, yeah. I th- you know, it, it, it has been a humbling lesson. You know, I remember right after COVID hit, um, and, and you know, I was a brand-new mayor and had half a clue what I was doing, and then back, then you hit May of that year, and you had the George Floyd um, horrible tragedy, tragedy in Minnesota. And so now you had this really this broad conversation around um, uh, racism and cultural diversity in your community. And I remember thinking to myself, well, this is, you know, here I am, a white heterosexual Republican in Hamilton County, Indiana, trying to lead my community through a conversation about racial diversity. I mean, this is just the, one of the biggest out-of-the-box challenges, you know, I was, and, and so we've really surrounded ourselves with good people the Noblesville diversity coalition and others to kind of come alongside and help lead these conversations knowing that it's not going to happen overnight Um, as you alluded to we have generational families in noblesville we have folks that go back you know you're not really from noblesville if your grandfather didn't work on the rail line through town you know and i struggled with that I, i was born and raised in noblesville but i'm still not noble my parents were raised in washington township and went to north central and so, it's a different boat to drive. You know, Scott and I had this conversation a lot. When there's ever, um, and I remember a conversation around the Nickel Plate Trail. That was a much easier conversation for Scott to have in Fishers mm-hmm. um, than it was for us to have in Noblesville around that rail line because there were so many historical, significant, and emotional attachments to that to that particular issue, for an example. So um, th- I think we have to remind ourselves, give some grace, um, have some empathy along the way with these, these conversations, and chip away at it every single day. Um, and, and there's healing to do along the way, and people have to take some accountability for their own actions and their own individual growth, and we're trying to equip the community with resources to do
2: that. And I think you later on top of that, the complicating factor of politics or political affiliation... Yes makes it even more difficult. And so as our communities become places where talented people from around the world want to call home that bring their own uh, ideologies, their own cultural um, identities to our community, Chris and I have to somehow represent our political (coughs) party and get them bought into who we are as leaders and why would they want to vote for us when, in particular, maybe a national brand of our political party isn't what they would vote for. And so, you know, there's a lot of talk about the Hamilton County turning purple. And a lot of that conversation, in my opinion, is this, like, push-pull between what I think has been good Republican leadership that made these communities great places to live, juxtaposed against the national brand that might not fit the persona of that individual when they move to our community.
1: That is a—that is— That issue falls on our laps, in my opinion. We have to do a better job messaging that and telling that story. That falls, we can't sit here and whine and say Hamilton County is turning more purple, but we need to do a better job doubling down telling the story of conservative republican leadership in hamilton county and what it has done over time
0: you know we had a conversation about this some years ago mayor and i remember bringing up a person i met when i was working for network NAR radio in the early 1980s a man named jack kemp a very conservative republican but he was very liberal on racial issues and why because he had been a professional football player yeah he'd befriended and of course relied on as a teammate a lot of african-american men and he got to know and he heard the stories of the racism they had to deal with in their lives every day so i think you know mayor jensen uh, what scott vandes has just talked about uh the challenges of a republican again on the ground as a mayor Mm -hmm. getting things done in a city um and you say i thought it was interesting when you talked about you you Try to connect with people already in your community. And African Americans have a, an interesting history mm-hmm. in Hamilton County and the Noblesville area going they a do. long way back. So uh, uh, your thoughts on on just how you navigate that? And, and, and I, I wonder if the, if the Republican Party, a conservative Republican like Jack Kemp, could, could once again be a, a national figure in the Republican Party. Well... <laughs>
1: I, I, I'm certainly hopeful that that can be the case. You know, I think sometimes we get in these ideolo- ide- ideological battles with folks who are sane these things on a national level that have really no idea the application of it in a, in a local community oftentimes the people that are throwing out the most hateful rhetoric about elected officials or about different parties have never actually served in office before and I would challenge those people to you know walk a minute in our shoes for a little bit and understand what we are faced with every day you know we we one of the biggest challenges facing our community are, are, are issues around mental health and addiction and homelessness and food insecurity these real issues that that require some social services to to come around and support people um, in our community. So um, I'm hopeful that as time goes on, I think we saw quite frankly last Tuesday that um, the answer to far left extremists is not far right. Um, It's common sense, compassionate conservatives. I think George Bush came up with that back in the 2000 race. Compassionate conservatives that understand what it takes to get, you know, to govern our communities, to love our neighbors, to support our neighbors, um, and and really push communities forward. So I'm hopeful for the future, but I guess time will tell on that.
2: I also think we have the opportunity to be very, in our roles, very pragmatic about very emotional issues. Mm -hmm. And so, and this goes back to Chris's point about me being uh, probably overly wonkish. Um. I just look at it from the perspective of why would I not want every resident of Fishers to reach their true economic potential, regardless of whether they're black or white. If you take the moral indignation out of it, which is fair, if you just take that away and say, wouldn't I want every single person in Fishers to reach their economic potential? Wouldn't I want every kid in our school system to reach their academic potential? When you look at it from that lens... Now let's just figure out what are the solutions that get us there. And and I guess I'm just overly like simplistic and pragmatic about this when I hear people get, get upset and kind of uh, fight back against the culture of the day. It's like, well, is it progressing the individuals that call Fishers home or not? If it's not, then it's not working. If
0: we can, then let's go do it. I think your history has a lot to do with it. I remember when Carmel, just a few years ago, had a huge controversy about a mosque being mm-hmm. built yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Fishers, we've had a mosque here for right. a long time. Right. Those people at that mosque have been a part of the community. They go to the festivals. They, right. <clears throat> pass, out, uh, they pass out water and yeah. snacks. They've been a part of the Fishers community for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we never had a controversy about that. No, not at all. Change is hard and different is hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've seen that you know in Noblesville and you have in every community once you realize that these are people you know that put their you know pants on one leg at a time too that are trying to move their community forward and love their kids and their and their and their families it's it comes to reality for you
0: I want to give each of you a chance just to make any kind of closing statement just say anything you'd like to say before we uh, wrap up uh, this podcast I'll ask uh, mayor Fadness to start i really don't have much uh
2: it's great to see chris it's he's been a a good friend and i think one of the things to watch i think both of us are pretty um committed to is this uh regional component um i think he and i are both pretty vested in trying to see all of central indiana do well and uh, there'll be more work on that front as we as we move forward but uh you know, We're not just trying to serve Fishers, and he's not just trying to serve nobles. Well, We understand we're part of the, the the greater good or the collective, and you know, there's a lot of work to be done on that front. So you'll you'll see more of us on that
0: front, I think. So, Mayor Jensen, you have great talent. You can read upside down. <laughs> and you looked at one question I didn't have time to ask, and you seemed happy I
1: was about waiting that. For, well, I <laughs> was waiting, waiting for it if, if you wanted to ask it. So. You want me to ask it
0: now? You can if you want. Okay. there's th- th- With a new school board coming in at HSE, there have been rumors flying around the area, that there would be part of the Wayne Township, which is part of H- – this is H S. the entire township's sure. HSC schools. You're moving into that. There have been rumors that possibly the Noblesville school system might take over part. of That it would take both school boards together to do that, and there would be huge uh, financial and other issues that would go along with that. Uh, I'm sure you've heard these rumors, too. When you hear this, what is, what is your reaction? You know,
1: I've said from day one that I think any – child that calls Nobles a home should be a Nobles a Miller. That's a very selfish statement. I think it's a conversation. A, first, the great thing is that uh, this is not a Scott Fadon as Christians and conversation. This is a school conversation. Um, I have encouraged from my seat from day one a honest conversation about the future of Wayne Township. Um, not necessarily Wayne Township today but incorporating what Wayne Township, Township is today but what is Wayne Township in the future You know, we currently have several hundred students that call Noblesville home that go to Hamilton Southeastern Schools well here in the future over the next 20 years there will be several thousand students in that, same, in that same boat and I think it is worthy of an honest conversation, taxpayers deserve that conversation, communities deserve that conversation I've yet to see that conversation happen and I would love to see it happen going forward
0: So dare I ask Scott Fadness to comment on this? this sure um something as
2: big and complex as this with implications to families needs a serious conversation like it needs to be evaluated i think chris brings up a lot of very legitimate points um and and i don't believe in my time there's been an honest you know due diligence to say what is in the best interest of families and fishers and what is in the best interest of families in Noblesville. And um, and so I think I think it does warrant being studied, but it can't be this you know kind of flippant. Hey, let's just go do this. It is complex, and there are parents that are very passionate about these issues. But let's go do the homework. I, I don't think there's anything. I don't know, understand why that would be a a fool's errand. Mm-hmm. I think it's worthy of. Uh,
0: study, and it, I think it, we don't we don't know what all the financial impacts yeah. would be, the impacts so, on students, yeah. the impact on the school systems Absolutely. themselves, and uh, that would have to be studied first.
1: There is so much identity built into your school system. You know, when you live in a community and, and you're part of a school system, that absolutely draws you closer to your community. And here we are on the verge of Noblesville of breaking ground on thousands of new residential units of Wayne Township of folks that probably don't know that they're going to live in Noblesville and go to HSC. And, and so I think even before we do that, we have time, to Scott's point, to have an honest conversation on both sides of this of this issue to really study. I think the taxpayers are owed that conversation um, and the communities owed that conversation yeah. and the folks who live in Wayne Township right now are deserving of that conversation. So,
0: Mayor Chris Jensen, I'll give you a chance to make any any comments you'd like to make uh, as we wrap up.
1: Yeah, I think Scott hit on the head. I think, you know, we are bigger than just Fishers and Noblesville. This is a regional conversation we have taken steps with scott's leadership over the past several years probably more in the past several months than we did in the past several years to join regionally on a regional entity to really go make a play for regional economic development knowing that we are not necessarily competing against each other but we're competing against minneapolis and nashville and denver um, the Indianapolis market is a desirable place and we need to have our stuff together so we can be a great um, great region of attraction moving forward and I'm excited to be a part of that conversation and I think Nobles deserves to seat at the table and I'm excited to be a part of it
0: I can't say enough about uh, this great conversation. Loved it. I'm sure the people listening loved it. The Noblesville Mayor Chris Jensen and Fisher's Mayor Scott Thaddeus. Is this the first time you've had a public discussion? the or? first time. We,
1: I think so. Other than in the car with you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, we did the whole Republican the whole spiel. Oh, I guess, yeah. yeah that was that mind. was different, though. Yeah. That was pretty.
0: That was more of a Republican Maybe this be a new yeah. thing. Maybe we'll just, yeah. Yeah, just you know. do a regular podcast. This is enjoyable.
1: This is enjoyable so. Okay, I'm glad you both enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it. was enjoyed sunny in Noblesville when I left, so I'm not sure. Maybe you want to go up there it's next time. It's warmer here, though. I don't know about
0: that. I don't think this will end well, so I'll end it there. (laughs) Ah. Thank you very much, Mears. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you like the podcast, please let others know. You can find it on most platforms where you go for podcasts. Just search using this phrase, podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. Also, if you listen on a platform such as iTunes, please take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. So thanks for listening, and please be safe and be kind.